Hello, Podcateers, and welcome to episode 91. In this episode, we discuss what went down when we visited the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Universal Studios Hollywood. We welcome back our buddy Jeff Heinbuck, who tells us a bit more about his new project called Return Home. And our pal Skylar joins us to talk a little bit about Zootopia. This episode of Podcateers is brought to you by Audible. If you want to master the ninja-like skill of reading with your ears, then Audible is the way to go. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from, including the Harry Potter series or The Mist by Stephen King. Trust me, after you listen to this episode, that part's going to make a little bit more sense. Uh, As one of our listeners, you can get a 30-day free trial and one free audiobook by going to podcateers.com and clicking on the Audible banner and then signing up. If you like it, keep it. And if you don't, you got 30 days to cancel, but the free audiobook is yours to keep forever. But if you're a fan of listening to great content, this is definitely going to be something you're going to want to keep. Audible is actually an Amazon company, so you can even use your Amazon login info to sign up. Also, a big thanks to Amazon for sponsoring this episode. If you buy lots of stuffs on the Amazon, we would love it if you helped us out by clicking on the big Amazon button located at podcateers.com slash Amazon first. Doing this tells Amazon that you'd like to give us a small commission from your purchase as a way of helping us out. Doing this won't cost you anything more and is one of the fastest and easiest ways to help and continue supporting the podcast. For everyone that's already used it and continues to use the link, we truly appreciate you taking a couple of extra seconds to click on that first. It truly does help. A few photos, videos, and a bit more info about this episode can be found over at podcateers.com episode 91. We are at Podcateers on Instagram and Twitter. Remember to swing by Facebook and click that like button. We're at facebook.com slash podcateers. And our videos can be found at youtube.com slash podcateers. As always, thank you all so very, very much for listening. This is episode 91 of Podcateers. This is our podcast. It's about three guys that love Disney, technology, art, and food. This is Podcateers. Woo! Sunday. During the day, we are recording. Keep going, man. Is that how the song goes? I, sh- sure. That's, that's how it goes, right? Maybe not the word recording, but... Right. You know what? I think I may have had a little too much coffee this morning, mm. and I'm starting to feel it. Yeah. When we had the beer earlier, I felt that it started to regulate me again. But I think I had too much coffee. Yeah, I couldn't tell if you're Tony Stark or your heart's beating out of your chest right now. Dude, it's crazy. I'm sweating from it. I'm like, you know when you reach that breaking point of too much caffeine? I uh, know because Ooh, I'm feeling I don't it. Don't do that. And right? It's, I'm it's a normal not, person. Yeah. Shut up. I am I'm normal. A normal human being that drinks maybe like, one cup. Like you know coffee's not a game, right? Like what? <laughs> it's not a competition. Yeah. What? There's no race to the end of who can drink as more caffeine as possible. No, that's impossible. Yeah. It's got to be. Look, you're like bleeding coffee right now. Ah, that's great. <laughs> it's funny because I'm getting a lot more sleep now. And now that I've been getting more sleep, less coffee affects me the way that more coffee used to affect me. But I'm still not used to drinking less coffee. That makes sense to you, so Mario? Cause not I get at the, all. I'm getting more sleep, which means I need less coffee, but I still make a lot because if I don't drink it, I get headaches. Uh, So I have to slowly kind of wean myself off the coffee to kill the headaches, like the caffeine headaches. Right, right. But now, because I'm getting more sleep, like I feel that caffeine in my system. Mm. Like I'm getting, woo! So now you're doing it for the rush. Yes. (laughs) For the rush. Have a beer. For the rush. I should have another one, right? You should. (laughs) How are you guys doing this week? Uh, speaking of sleep, I slept, man. While you were watching, was it Zootopia? Yeah. I was still sleeping. <laughs> I didn't wake up to like 1030 in the morning. What? Yes. What is the matter with We you? were supposed no, to record earlier. Beautiful. He's like, no, no, we got something to do. I can't. It's <laughs> right? Didn't I that can't. have plans? Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I lied. Out you're sleeping? That's a dirty trick. No, the, the, the plan was sleeping in. <laughs> Please. By the way, you haven't seen Zootopia yet, right? No, no. Oh, you're going to be so left out later because later on we're going to talk Zootopia with our buddy Skyler. He's uh-huh. at Disney Film Facts on Instagram and Twitter. Man, I enjoyed that movie so much more than I thought I was going to. Hmm. Then I guess I won't like it if you liked it. 
No, you'll like it. Trust me. <laughs> really? Well, when we when we talk about it, you'll understand. There's no spoilers though, dude. There's some references to uh-huh. like pop culture classic movies that you're gonna be like, "What? I'm so in." Hmm. That's what sold you? No, just the the Cause, story sold. Because he's me. so into pop culture. That's the thing. That so I'm like- very much into pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but again, we're gonna talk about that later with Skyler. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I want to talk about a couple of things. So. March Magic is underway. What's that? Yes. March Magic is, you're familiar with March Madness, right? Uh, yeah, basketball. Basketball, right? Mm-hmm. You get all the teams and, you know, they all kind of compete. You come up with your own kind of board and then people bet on it and all that stuff. Yeah. Disney has something very similar. They have basketball? No. Sweet. But they do have, well, they Court do. in the Matterhorn. Court in the Matterhorn. Half court. <laughs> uh, well, it's not even half court. It's just kind of a hoop. But it's a free throw line. <laughs> it's a free throw line. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a trash can underneath it, though? No. No. Oh, no. Uh, but Disney has something very similar where they create all these teams, and they theme them after some of the attractions okay. on the East Coast for Walt Disney World and on the West Coast for oh, Disneyland. Oh, snaps. So last year- This is war now. Yeah, it's uh, basically a tournament. Oh, I'm not going to say it's attraction. war, but yeah. it is a tournament for your favorite attraction. This is a turf war. Now, last year, I was very <laughs> conflicted because, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Haunted Mansion. I'm a mm-hmm. fan of the Hatbox Ghost. And the Gracie Ghouls your whole office were technically is covered. Well, in it's not mansion. covered in it. No, it's not. This is your mansion office. No, it's not. Shut up. <laughs> but I, I was conflicted because. The East Coast team was the Gracie Ghouls, and they were using uh, kind of a Hatbox Ghost as their mascot as part of the imagery. And I think last year that was the winner. 2015's winner was the Gracie Ghouls. How does it not always win then? It's not always the same one. They have different ones every year. So even if it's the same attraction, it's represented slightly different every year. So it's not like the same teams. No, no, it's, it's different ones every year. Oh, I see. It's different. they haven't been I mean, doing this the very long. Returning team, yeah, but it, they haven't been doing this very long. Yeah, I've never even heard of it. It's so fun. <laughs> so last year, uh, I wanted to vote for the Gracie Ghouls because you know it's Hatbox Ghost got to represent you. Hattie, right? Dude, West Side, but it's East Coast, you. and West that was the side? thing. That was the team. So last year, I ended up actually voting for oh, the Temples. Vote. Yeah, I mean, I played along. I voted for the Temples, which was Indiana Jones. Oh, anyone can, the anyone can vote. Yeah, yeah, you vote like on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. I want to so, vote. Well, we will. We're going to start. So well, March Madness yet. actually starts two days before this episode goes live. Uh-huh. But we're going to start posting stuff on Instagram and Twitter. We'll post it on Facebook. That way everybody can get involved. Yeah, there's like a whole bracket. There. We got to try to nice. bring the, the wind back to the West Coast, guys. We have to, guys. <laughs> I know. I know. Now that we're an international podcast, right? Right. Hopefully, right. If Javier <laughs> did I, didn't yeah, ruin, did ruin it, Javier lost our international right listener. Uh, but we want to try to bring it back to to Disneyland. To Disneyland. We yeah. got to bring it back yeah. to to the originator. Traitor! Why did you vote last time the other side? I didn't. I voted for the temples. That was Disneyland. Okay. Better. So the board is going to go up soon. We'll repost it and we'll kind of give you updates as we get them. So March Magic, guys, it's coming. It's here. Let's make it happen. Let's bring Disneyland. it back to Disneyland. And we need to give it to the right team, okay? The Caribbean Cannonballs. That's an do actual, we though? That's an actual team. Do yeah. we though? Yes, we do. We'll let everybody decide. As long as they're voting for Disneyland somehow, it's fine. <laughs> no. So can we pick Pirates. teams then? Can the three of us just pick one? You pick your team. Well, how you guys want to do that? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we won't announce our official team just yet. And then we yet. bet. Beer? Okay. All right. Food. So Javier's going to bring beer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not losing this. Uh, aren't you, though? Uh, I probably We will. should all just pick our own. Let's not all choose one team for uh-huh. each of us. We'll just follow one team apiece and see who's gets farther. And we can Sounds see. Well, can yeah. you see who's what the votes are, are or what's the count? Yeah, it'll yeah Disneyland announces it. Okay, cool. So they, they actually announce it as it's progressing, and they show you updated mm-hmm. tables and okay. all that stuff. So yeah, yeah. it's pretty fun. Okay. It's pretty fun. So we'll go ahead, we'll post our predictions, and we'll go ahead and have all of you guys join in, hopefully. Tell Before us what it, your predictions are. I don't know if there's one that exists, but dibs on anything of the Star Wars Star Tours. I thought you would side for the Dole Whips. That's that's a team over the Star Tours ride? Oh, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying what? it exists. I thought he would have sided with the Sleeping Beauties. <laughs> I, you know, you're right. That's all you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, guys. So 
Last week, we went to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. We, well, Javier and I. Okay. Oh, I didn't even think we were going to talk about this. We are going to talk about this. I thought we weren't going to talk about it because it's not Disney related. No, I want to talk about about it. Like, one of the greatest things that's going to happen in 2016. Yeah, but uh, the story that's about to take part isn't the greatest thing ever. It's not the greatest story. What is so terrible about the Wizarding World of Harry Potter? So, let me start off by saying this. (laughs) That was fantastic, so, by the way. Let me let me tell you this, okay? Uh, when we first got there, we were absolutely excited to be there. Uh, for some of you guys that follow us on Instagram, at, at Podcateers, you guys saw that Javier and I did this like half turn into Hogsmeade, and we were just like, ah, this is happening. I unfollowed so, you guys that day. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I followed you back on Sunday. That's who we lost. I know. <laughs> so... You know, we were totally excited to be there because a lot of the aspects of what they what they had at Orlando, they brought here to Hollywood. So you can go into Ollivander's and you can get your wand. Right. Uh, you can, you know, walk. Uh, and this was funny because when the girls walked into the the restroom, uh, they went in to wash their hands and they're like, why is this girl crying? There's somebody crying. It's, oh, oh it's Moaning Myrtle. Really? So, yeah. So they have like all these like intricacies and they have all these details Whoa. from the books that are so fantastic. Dude, totally step into the to the to the movie. That's so it's, awesome. It's amazing. It it's was so beautiful. Good. Like the detail on all of the buildings. Or is like, it butterful? It's butterfly. Butterfly. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, they even have an animated poster of Sirius. Up oh, there, and so it's the sweet. same wanted poster that you see, you know, in the movies yeah. and stuff like that. So, they we didn't get a chance to do everything, but we did get a chance to kind of walk around and do some. Oh of the yeah. yeah. By yeah. the way, Lynette was chosen to get That's her right. wand when really? we walked into All yeah. Avengers. Yeah, uh, they were trying to choose somebody to do the whole mm-hmm. wand uh, selection ceremony, and she got chosen. So, that was pretty fun. Uh, so here's the deal. The very first thing that we wanted to go do was apparently ride. You know, the the rise. They yeah, had yeah. the Flight of the Hippogriff, and then they had the Forbidden Journey. Before we went there, Lynette's like, no, we got to try Butterbeer. We got to try Butterbeer. Oh, and nice. we did. It was amazing. Uh, from what they told us, they have three different selections. They have the cold one, the, cold. the warm one, and like a slushy one. I only had oh, the cold. Yeah, we only had the cold one. Which was one. fantastic. It, it was good to me. really, really I tasty. It, it was my first time having it. And uh, I would get it again. It's really nice. good. The Flight of the Hippogriff uh, looks kind of boring. It looked more like a kitty coaster than anything else. Okay. We didn't bother <laughs> riding it. Um, looked like a picnic basket. It kind of did. It's really? like it, yeah. it looked like a wicker basket. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But we decided that we wanted to skip that. It just kind of looked boring. So we thought the Forbidden Journey. Right. Let's do this. But before we went on to the Forbidden Journey, all of these things kind of started magically happening. You know, they had the Triwizard Tournament players come out and they were doing some performances and it was great. I shot a, a little bit of video. Uh, I don't know if I caught the entire performance, but I will try to post that on the YouTube channel as soon as possible because I was able to get a little bit of video. And if it's not enough, I'll just do little clips and post them on Instagram. That might just be the easiest way to do it. Uh, They had singing frogs, and it was such a great experience. There's a beatboxer and everything. There was. It was a really amazing experience. Why do I feel like you guys were on the way to the ride when the goblet picked you guys for the Triwizard Tournament and you couldn't get on? I wish I could have. <laughs> I wish I could have been chosen, but I wasn't. So we saw the performances, and we're getting ready to go ride uh, the Forbidden Journey. And as we're walking on, what does Universal call their their staff? Staff. Okay. <laughs> Somebody working there. He, he looked like a wizard. Yeah, he, yeah, they were all dressed like wizards. Some of them get really into it, by the way, which is cool. I, I like the fact that they were really enjoying the role that they were playing being a part of the wizarding world. Even the fans, the customers that were walking in, all dressed up. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. So uh, we're getting ready to get on the ride. And let me tell you, the first impressions that we had of looking at Hogwarts Castle and looking at all the details is Mind-blowing? Fantastic and mind-blowing, exactly. When you look at it in pictures, it looks amazing. Mm -hmm. But you look at it in person, you're just like your jaw drops. It's the weirdest thing, right? Like You feel like the world gets split up. Yeah. From the moment that we saw it from the parking structure, when we got there, we're like, Yeah, that's true. We could see it from the parking structure. That's where we're going. I will say that 
maybe it's just because I'm so used to the structure of Disneyland where if I'm in Tomorrowland, you can kind of see Fantasyland. Right. If you're in Adventureland, you can kind of see uh, Frontierland, New Orleans Square, stuff like that. They do a pretty good job of mixing in the two worlds so that it's a really easy transition. Even though you see it across the river or whatever, mm -hmm. it feels like it's an easier visual transition because of how they theme the lands. It was really awkward for me to see like, oh, look, the Quickie Mart. Boom. Hogwarts Castle. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, that was one thing that kind of took me out of the element. Yeah. But we'll get to that in a bit. Um, so we're getting ready to ride the Forbidden Journey. And as we're walking onto the ride... And he's giddy, by the way. Um, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm like a little kid giddy. at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a little kid at Christmas. I'm the little on. kid behind us was like, dude, calm down. He's like, he's like a six-year-old. He's like, dude, seriously? Like, seriously. Calm down. Well, it's, it's just like, a ride. He looked at his mom. Mommy, why is he so excited? <laughs> it's like, why is he dancing? It's like, relax, relax. The little kid threw up on you. <laughs> no. But remember how Javier was talking about eating a pink yeah. donut? Yep. We'll talk about that All in right. a bit. Just because right. he wanted to throw up on the ride. All right. All right. We'll talk about that. Very cool. So we're getting on the ride, and the no, person we're not. That we're not talking like, about the big donut. So we're we're getting on the ride, and the person that's uh, you know at the entrance says, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry, sir. Before you ride, can you come over to the side over here for me for a second?" I'm like, "Sure." Am I going through a metal detector? Metal detector. Dude, like, he wanted our autographs. Nice. I was like, "Oh, you're from yeah. Pocketeers." Yeah. No, that's not what he said. No. He actually said, uh, "I need you to sit in this seat here to make sure that you can actually ride." on this attraction. What? I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. What? And this is the first time anything like this has ever happened to me because at Disneyland, I can ride everything. Right. right. Okay. At Magic Mountain, I can ride everything. And Knott's Berry Farm, I can ride everything. <laughs> okay. Now, mind you, it's a little snug on the on the bobsleds on the Matterhorn, but, you know, I can still make it in there. I think they call them tester seats. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, we, we go off to the side and they have this contraption <laughs> where you sit in and you have to put the harness over your body. They tell you it has to click three times and that light has to turn green. There's like a red light and a green light. So I bring down the harness. Click, click. Boom. No. Nothing. It's it lights a, green. Yeah. Lights green because he came down. But he's holding it. But I'm like holding it. I can't get the third click down. I'm like, come here. Yeah. Come over here. So I come uh. over. So he comes over and he starts trying to slam it down to get that third click in. And the person that was there says. I'm giving him says, basically the Heimlich maneuver. Yeah. The person that's there says, I'm sorry, sir. You cannot ride. No way. Dude. I'm sorry. I was like, because you're afraid I'm going to fall off or something? Because I, I assure you, I'm going nowhere. <laughs> okay. There is no way after two clicks, I'm going anywhere. <laughs> He's like, sir, it has to click three times. I was like, you push harder. Yeah. Go. And he's trying, and we can't get it to click the third time. So they undo it, and I couldn't ride the They didn't let you journey. get on? They did not let no. me get on. I Look, I know I'm a big dude, okay? I know this. I've known this for a <laughs> long time because I love nachos. I love tacos. I love cake. But I've never felt it until that moment. Universal Studios made me feel fat. <laughs> Dude, it was Whoa. it was such uh. a crazy experience for me. <laughs> I I've never been in that type of situation before and it was mind-blowing because it ruined almost the rest of my day. Right. As fun as How it early was, was that? it was the first thing we did when no we got there. Way. Like no joke, after buying the butterbeer, like we bought the butterbeer on the was, way to ride that this. That was the second thing we did. Whoa. We bought butterbeer, and then we went to the Forbidden Journey. Ah, so you see, we blamed the butterbeer. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was the yeah. butterbeer. <laughs> it was the butterbeer. Wasn't right the up. bacon. Wasn't the tacos. <laughs> wasn't the nachos. So, yeah, man, it was such it, – it was, it was mind-boggling. I just – like I said, I can ride everything at Disneyland. I can ride everything at DCA and all these other theme parks. And for the first time ever – I've been turned away from a ride. Mm -hmm. Here's what happened too. I'm can, I'm I'm deflated can... at this point, and I use the term loosely. I'm deflated. Now. <laughs> ironically, yeah, ironically. Too bad you and, weren't feeling like that before you yeah, sat down. Tell me about it. <laughs> tell me about it. And I'm like, man, the three of you guys are gonna ride without me, and they're getting ready to go. And the guys are like, no, no, sir. Looks at Javier. <gasps> you too. Uh, you need to try this no out too. Way. You did. I was like, you jerk. 
No so way. Like right out. Like they're getting ready to ride. They're all happy. They're like, oh, sorry, dude. And the guys are like, no, no, sir. You have to try it too. Yeah. Wow. See, now here's the thing. My thought was, you know, let's let's try to make Hazen feel better, not feel alone that he's the only one that's going to sit in his chair. Dude, I, I sat down. I barely even sat, uh, could fit in the chair itself. Really? Yeah, it was really narrow for me. Yeah, they are very what? narrow. Yeah. Yeah. And the sad part is Javier got two clicks and couldn't get the third one just like me. <gasps> yep. My the, 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 the red light would continuously turn back on. Like, uh, so I asked Hazen again, hey, dude, put, push it down on me. He he did it so well. He popped my kidney. <laughs> <laughs> but that light then could not stay green. So here I'm thinking, I like I'm patting Hazen on, the, on his shoulder like, sorry, bro. I'm sorry you're not going to be able to get on. And now we're both were basically turned away. So let me see if I got this straight. You guys wanted to test these rides. It's the only reason we went. It's yeah, like the main reason that you guys went here was to test this ride to show right. people that you're not gonna throw up like the rest of the world <laughs> did. Okay, you anticipated this thing for a week. Right. You get there, and you can't even do the thing that you went to do. Yep. Correct. Yeah. This is okay. I'm I'm like confused right now. Like I don't even know what to say for once. Uh, <laughs> because trust me, dude. This that, is an exact replica of the ride in Orlando. That's what we were told. And the the sad part about it is that I've been told the other two versions actually have seats that are a little bit wider. Look, like I said, I know that I'm a gentleman of leisurely proportions. <laughs> okay? That's I know this already. That is, that is the greatest thing you've said. <laughs> so I know that it was going to be difficult for me to, to sit in there. But other rides like the Mummy has the, mummy. the ride. That, great example. Great example. It's got one that's a little roomier in the back. Mm-hmm. And we were able to fit just fine in that one. Uh, in a nice way, the lady that well, when we were going to, to ride the Mummy says, you two fellas might want to ask for the fourth row. Yeah. What? Yeah. In a, in a nice way. In a I very mean, nice way. We weren't offended. And so we got to the mummy. We said, uh, you know, uh, my buddy and I, we would like to use the fourth row. Of course, no problem. So we sit in the back, plenty of room. It clicked nicely. We were able to enjoy the ride. So did the Harry Potter one have it as well is my question. In other theme parks, apparently it does. Mm -hmm. And it's a feature that they did not bring to Hollywood. But why? That's that's what I don't know. confusing thing I could, like... I, I don't even know what to say right now. And, right. and that's the thing that I don't know because I can say that there was tons of people that were turned away from the ride that couldn't ride it. And if you want to create something like this or if you want to create the larger seats, you know what? Do it in a silent way where you just like you create a bigger seat. You don't say anything about it and just tell them, OK, row four, please. Row three. Yeah, row two. You know exactly. what I mean? In a way that yeah, doesn't seclude totally people and doesn't make them feel like we felt mm-hmm. for the rest of the so, day. Here, here's the thing, okay? I, I completely understand that on Splash Mountain and on Pirates of the Caribbean, they're going to put me at the end row because I'm a bigger person. That is a nice way of making something like that happen. You still get to ride the ride. We had this conversation a long time ago when the whole situation with the the, the UFO, the spaceships, yeah, and, and Luigi's flying tires came into play. Right. The fact of the matter is, like... America got slightly bigger than they were back in the 50s, okay? So these things have to, like, accommodate <laughs> to your general audience. They do. Hmm. They do. What? Why? Or or they're saying uh, America's too big. And so you, you, you gotta, can't have fun. You got to conform to this ride. I don't know, oh. man. Oh. I, I, I just, trust me. I felt so many things. Uh, I was angry at myself. I was... I wanted to be angry at them, but, I mean, they're not the ones that put me in this situation. But they were the ones that put me in a very uncomfortable situation as far as experiencing that and then just kind of making me feel like, what else am I going to be able to ride? This is what I came here for. You got to be – okay, first and foremost – they didn't put you in that situation, so they didn't feed you a butterbeer before they put you on in line for that ride. No, Lynette did because she bought it. <laughs> they were still but, selling it, But though. see, that's the thing. The this 38% that didn't this... get on the ride were buying more butterbeer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what's funny? Okay, so here's the thing. 
<clears throat> this is this is the most depressing part, okay? Because I've acknowledged the fact that I'm an emotional eater, okay? This is a realization. It's about to get real, y'all. Look, in my life, I've become an emotional eater. And it's something that I've really, really tried to change. I've gotten sad. I've gotten whatever. And I, I eat. That's how I deal with it. Most other people go running. They exercise. You know, they do something productive. And that wasn't me for a very long time. It was something that I've been trying to change. But this, it was like... I can't ride the ride, dude. Let's go to Krusty Burger. <laughs> and it was the first thing. <laughs> it was the joking. first thing. It, it was the first thing I wanted to do. And I'm we like, I want the clogger burger. burger. That's the double with the bacon. <laughs> okay, right? now let's get the clogger. But burger. first and foremost, Krusty Burger is fantastic. But carry on. We'll talk about that in a bit too. But I mean, that's how I wanted to deal with it. And it's like I said, it's something that I've been wanting to change. And really, a few months ago, that's where the whole Fitbit thing came in for me because it right. was small changes that I wanted to try to make throughout, you know, in my life. Because I got two boys, you know, I want to be there as long as possible right. for them. You know, change begins as small as you can make it. This just kind of gave me that swift kick in the butt that's like, dude, seriously, you got to do something. Like, yeah. it was, it was. I hate to put it like this, but from lack of a better term, it was one of those like come to Jesus moments. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Where you just feel like, okay, this is it. Like you got to do something about this. I got to say though, it was a little discouraging because I know that Hazen is trying to do something about Absolutely. it Absolutely. Right yeah, yeah. And then to be told, you know what? It's still not good enough. Well, That's oh, a low uh, blow, man. Okay. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. But I, I think uh, the biggest like mistake that a lot of people make when dealing with something like this, and, and I've had to like accept it a lot because- I fluctuated as far as my weight concerned, like over and over and over again. Like, we'll call you yo-yo. <laughs> you should. <laughs> but, I mean, when it comes to weight loss, I, I think the biggest part of it when you start it is just the acceptance that there is no such thing as, like, this quick fix. Mm-hmm. And you need to accept the fact that it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen a week from now. It's not going to happen a month from now. Like, you need to accept the fact that it's just going to happen. Don't plan for it. Right. Just do what you need to do, and eventually you're going to be like, oh, here's where I need it to be. And, see, that's why I'm saying that I don't, I don't blame them or I'm not mad at them for the situation because they didn't put me in it. Yes, they put me in the immediate situation, but this is something that I've done to myself over the years, you know? So I, from here, it's just as as humiliating as it was <laughs> to go through that with people just walking by like, oh, excuse look me, at sir. that guy can't ride. Like, We're me. getting on, <laughs> you know? Um, as humiliating as that was, I mean, it's just you move on. You you try to, you know, do what you have to do to try to write it next year, <laughs> you know, because I don't know when I'm going to go back. It's it's really the only thing that was worth for me seeing. Like we mm-hmm. thought about getting annual passes, but now I'm like, dude, if I'm going to be uncomfortable on everything or I can't write anything, why get an annual pass now? Right. So it was it was eye opening. Uh, it was sad. It was, again, deflating. <laughs> But, you know, move forward, right? That's that's interesting. But the Wizarding World is great. <laughs> it is. Of what it's, we saw. It's, full of, it's full of really awesome things. Like if you buy – they have a couple of wands that you can get at Ollivander's. They have the regular one and the interactive one. Cool. You can uh, make things in the windows of the different shops, like react to your wand. Like you can say certain spells and it does certain things. So that's really cool. You know, they did a really good job of bringing the stories to life. Uh, I've never been to the one in Orlando, but I will say, there was I will say that there was something missing. Yeah, but I will say, uh, as far as Orlando's concerned, I'm so glad that I didn't get over my fear of flying to get rejected at Orlando, <laughs> and that it, that I got rejected here from riding the Forbidden Journey. Uh, that is so. Crazy. Keep it domestic. I know, right? <laughs> uh, they're, I mean, they're, I think they're just planning on expanding it and making it better. Yeah, I right. know that it fully opens next month. And I think later this year, they're going to have an actual Yule Ball like they did it in, really? in the stories, which is kind of cool. You know, the fact that they're bringing all that to life is really nice. So, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit more. And hopefully I get a chance to, to write it one day. <laughs> but it looks like. My my new Fitbit that I'm getting this week, as a matter of fact, my oh, pre-order beautiful. comes in this week. Nice. The Blaze finally comes out, and looks like I'm gonna have to start putting that thing to work. There you go. It's like mow the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how uh, it works. No, and no? that's not how oh, you lose weight, man. No, um, but we did get a chance to do some of the other stuff. I hadn't seen the Universal tour in forever. The last time I went there, I was like seven, eight years old, mm. I think. Uh, we had a really good time, you know, experiencing King Kong, the Fast and the Furious was meh. Studio tour. 
Yeah, yeah. studio tour was kind of whatever. Yeah. Um, what? That was my favorite. Yeah, because we Kong. fit in the seats. That's why. <laughs> uh, King Kong was great. King Kong, I did really I like King Kong. Springfield was kind of cool. I think everything was too compressed. Well, it has that to was, be. I know it did. Yeah. It did have to be compressed. So it kind of looked made like made me feel fat too. It's like, oh, look, the school. Wait, that's the nuclear stacks, and then there's the penitentiary. It just all seemed cramped. Yeah, Channel Six next to that. Yeah. Yeah, Moe's Tavern looks fantastic. It looks like you're just walking into yep. the cartoon, which was amazing. The only place we actually ended up eating was at Krusty Burger. Sweet. We weren't there very long, but we did eat there. I did get the Clogger Burger. I will give them this much. Best food at any theme park that I've ever Fantastic, had. Fantastic, right? It yeah. was delicious. Other, other than some food at DCA. Like, it is the most impressive thing I've seen as far as, like, theme park food is concerned. Yeah, I mean, you order a, a burger at Disneyland, for instance, and it's thin, it's dry, right. it, it's got not a lot of flavor this one was thick, juicy. It was kind of yeah. medium well. It wasn't like rare, but it was like medium well, well seasoned. Like it was a great portion for what you paid. It was like twelve bucks. Like for, I think everything is worth their price, exactly. Except the beer. <laughs> Except the beer. <laughs> Duff beer, little disappointed that it's kind of like Coors Light. Correct, exactly. It's just a lager. Yeah. It's, it's an American it lager. It wasn't yeah. all that, that great. Is a and that was disappointing. And I'll be completely honest with you, Buzz Cola, if you guys didn't try it. It's kind of like a diet cherry Pepsi. I didn't try it's, it. It's no, kind of I, I wanted to, but yeah. they had a Buzz Cola energy drink, which we've right. had before because yeah, yeah. That, those are the ones like, that yeah. they sell at like Spencer's and right. Hot Topic right. and stuff but like that. But it was that. like $5. It was, that's what they were before. Oh, were they? Yeah. yeah. I mean, energy drinks are always expensive anyways. It was expensive, yeah, like it was an energy, but they also had to pay the licensing to say mm. Duff and all that mm. stuff. So Makes sense. Uh, all in all, I think – as the day kind of progressed, I think we started to forget what happened. Every time we walked by it, they're like, oh, look, the cat. Yeah, whatever. And I would just kind of <laughs> turn away. Uh, left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, but, you know, it, it was motivation, you know, to try to, I don't want to say speed up what I'm doing, but it's it's a goal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, right. it's another goal that I'm adding to the list of my of my own goals. So very cool. So, yeah, that was our experience with the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. <laughs> right, so, so don't feel left out because so. we didn't do anything. Uh, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So then a couple of questions I have to ask for you guys. Sure. First and foremost, I just want to start. The guy who made you sit in seats, Avada Kedavra. You know what I'm talking about. No, it's not his fault, though. It is his fault. No, it's not. It is. He's doing his job. Fine. Yeah. Then the people Look, who brought the I'm poster over. No, no. I'm, I'm not, not mad. mad at him. No. Dude, he's doing his job. Universal then. You can't be angry at someone that you talk to on the phone You know, for customer service. You can't be angry at somebody that's doing their job at a theme park because – they're they're just doing their job. They're following what they're told to do. Well, they, they should done their job and made the seats bigger. No, no, no. <laughs> but again, it's, it's not his fault. So not, yeah, I'm not mad. There has to be a, a like, weight I, limit. Look, I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it, and and I thank you for sticking up for me. But it's not his fault. I'm not gonna. That's why I didn't mention a name or anything. But I did write down his name. <laughs> Fine, I recall my him, spell. Give it tomorrow. <laughs> give the name. Yeah. I wonder what would have happened if Mario would have come. He would have oh, like, he gotten gone, into the dude's nah, face. Would, yeah, he would have gone berserk. Yeah, he would have. He would have hovered out. <laughs> yes, yes, I would have. I would. I didn't because uh, my feelings were hurt. So, so were mine. <laughs> I was. I was pretty hurt. But it is what it is. Uh, did Did you guys eat at the second floor at Krusty Burger? No, no. we oh, ate, guys we ate outside. Outside. I know. In the you rain, guys by the, the way. Greatest lounge like ever. That's what I kept hearing, and I had seen pictures of people that were there. And I'm like, wait a second, we didn't see that at Krusty Burger. And then I realized, oh, there's it's a the second, second floor. floor. Mm. Oh, so, it's the greatest lounge ever. So next year, when sure. we go, yeah. you know, we'll give it a try. <laughs> Other than that, you know, it's uh, again themed amazingly. Totally recommend it, especially if you can ride. Uh, other than that, if you're just a Harry Potter fan, it's just a nice place to go, just kind of soak up the atmosphere. Um, hey, before we continue, uh, I want to let you guys know that our buddy Jeff Heimbuck just recently put out a brand new podcast called Return Home. And I like this type of storytelling because it's kind of like War of the Worlds. I subscribed. You know? it, it was yep. really good. Did you like yeah, it? Yeah, I, I listened to it. There's two episodes out so far as of the release of They're too short. Ooh, last week's episode. They're way too short. It's it's I need the more. They're <laughs> 10 minutes long. And isn't it so good? Like yeah. you get really into the story, yes. right? 
Uh, they're they're about ten minutes long. This this first part is going to be about five episodes. So at the end, you're going to get this close to hour long episode, which is kind of cool. And yeah. he's going to release it in parts. But I want now. I know that's that's what I told him when I <laughs> talked to him. I was like, why don't you Netflix this? Exactly. <laughs> so I did get a chance to talk about Jeff about his new podcast, and I want to go ahead and play that interview. So we're going to fade into that right now. With us on the phone today, we have our good buddy, Jeff Heimbuck. Jeff, how are you, buddy? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing, sir? I'm going to lie to you. I'm, I'm going to say I'm doing fantastic. The lying usually sounds better anyway. I know, right? <laughs> no, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. You know, you announced on Twitter that you had this new project going on some time ago, and it turns out it's a brand new podcast. It is. The podcast is Return Home. And let me tell you, I am so hooked. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the podcast? Uh, well, first of all, I'm glad you're hooked. We have our claws in you, and we're never going to let go. <laughs> um, so Return Home is a serialized audio drama, very much like things from you know the past, like The Shadow or War of the Worlds, that kind of thing. So it's one big, long story, but you know we tell a little bit every week. And it's about Jonathan Barker, who returns to his hometown of Mount College Falls, New Jersey, um, after he's been away for five years because something happened to him. And he is drawn back home because he receives this mysterious phone call that basically tells him it's time to come back home. And once he gets there, he, you know, all sorts of things happen to him. Uh, even before he actually officially gets back home, just weird stuff starts to happen. And it's kind of like a, a cross between, like, Twin Peaks and Lost. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fully produced. We have a full cast. We have uh, all sorts of fully sound effects. So it's a pure theater of the mind experience, basically. You guys are doing an amazing job with uh, the sound effects for this. Uh, the soundtrack was produced by Corey Celeste, correct? Yes, and, it was. You know, one of the things I really liked about it, just kind of off the bat, was you mentioned that it was a little Twin Peaks and that it was uh, a little bit of Lost, but I kind of feel there's also a little bit of X-Files and, uh, for some of our listeners, a little bit of Gravity Falls to it. You you would be correct in that assumption, yes. I mean, all, all shows that I love and, uh, you know, some of them I grew up watching, like X-Files and in Twin Peaks and, you know, Lost I Love Later and Gravity Falls I Love Now. So, you know, being able to combine kind of all those things into one and get this, like, weird, quirky, and even, like, sometimes scary thing all at once, just using audio um, is, uh, I don't know, it's, it's kind of, it's a new territory for us, but it's fun to do. Um, one of our biggest influences that is not a TV show was the audio book of Stephen King's The Mist, um, when we first started doing it, like me and my partner on this, Andrew, not even realizing what a big influence it was on the other one, we both came to the conclusion, like, this is what we want to do. Like, that's that was our our template for making the episodes. And if you haven't heard Stephen King's The Mist audiobook, it is incredible. For those that have Audible, maybe they can get it there, and if they don't, we got a link that you can use. <laughs> you see? You see how I just segued to that for you? It was it was fantastic. Thank you for that. Nailed it. Nailed I it. I can see I can see the influence that that book had on how you guys are producing this. Uh, I know you have a background in horror. You know we had you on quite some episodes ago uh, at the beginning of Halloween, kind of for the haunt season. This podcast uh, is for the people that love horror stories. Essentially, uh, would you say that? It's for kids, not for kids, family-friendly. What would you call it, exactly? <laughs> um, I mean, personally, I think it couldn't be for kids. I mean, I received an email that someone let their kids listen and their kids were scared by it, and I can get it. You know, the first the first part of the first episode, 1.1, is can be very frightening. We made it pretty scary. But beyond that, I mean... We think it's kind of quirky and weird and funny. Yeah, there's going to be scary parts in it. You know, that's part of the thing what we're going for. But I, I, I think it's family friendly. There's no bad words, and it's really, uh, you know, none of the major bad words, of course. But I, I think it's definitely fun for the whole family. Maybe if you have kids, it might be a good, easy introduction into horror. It's really whatever your kids can tolerate. You need to know your kids in order for for them to uh, hear it or not hear it. I can't make that decision for you. 
So there you go. You guys have been warned. I've heard the first two episodes. Uh, the first one does have some sound effects and some instances that may scare the young. It scared me. I was driving, and it scared me. It scares I, I needed, me. When I get back from Andrew, it scares me sometimes. I, <laughs> I, needed, I needed a warm glass of milk and a hug right before I went to sleep <laughs> after that. Uh, what was the what was the reason you decided to go 1.1, 1.2 versus 1 through 5, 1 through 10? Uh, I, I think it's it just comes from a storytelling perspective. You know, I'm a big fan of serialized storytelling like Lost did. So I wanted to be able to tell a complete story with an episode, but not have, you know, much like with Communica Weekly, not have, you know, a 45-minute, hour-long episode. So we cut them into little pieces. So... They're, they're all about 10 minutes piece right now. And then when you put, you know, the few parts together, they make one complete story. Um, and that kind of gives us a chance to have a little breaks in the schedule also. So, you know, after the first episode is done, after the five parts are released, we can take a break for a week or two before the second episode starts coming out, which is three parts long. And then the third episode, which is going to be four parts long. So, I mean, it, it's purely from a dramatic storytelling uh, standpoint. How can I end each of each of these little parts on a cliffhanger before you know the next one comes around? And how can we tell this complete story in these uh, you know forty thirty minute segments? Um, no, no reason other than that, honestly. And plus, you know, it, I just thought it sounded cool. One point one, one point two, one point three. Are all of them going to connect to one central story, or will they all stand alone as their own stories? Um, they, much like Lost it, where, like, you're so told its own individual story, but then as a whole, they all connect together. This will, this will all be connected together. They all tell the story of Jonathan Barker when he comes home, and just the different and weird and scary things he encounters in his hometown that, you know, either he never realized before and was always there, or it's just new stuff that's coming up, but it's, it's one big overall story. Very cool, very cool. If you recall, right after I had heard the first couple of episodes, I, I called you, and I remember that I told you that uh, I was going to give you a very contradictory statement, and it was that, one, <laughs> I love you, but at the same time, I freaking hate you for this. So I Mainly the reason I said that is because uh, I love what you're doing with the podcast, and I hate the fact that I can't consume it all at once. That's really where, where the hate came in, because I've now become accustomed to a world where Netflix says, here, eat all of it at once. Do it all at one time, in one sitting Yeah. Um, you, know what? you know, and I'm totally used to that now, too, but I feel like, to me at least, this kind of harkens back to the olden days, you know, back in the 90s, we had a week, wait every week to, to see the next part of the story. So, you know, and I like it like that. To me, it builds the tension a little bit and makes you anticipate the next part a little more. Um, plus, you know, obviously, it's a lot easier for us to, to work in one week at a time and, you know, right. we don't have to do one <laughs> Well, again, I am loving it. Again, the podcast name is Return Home. Uh, tell everybody where they can get it, Jeff. Uh, you can find it wherever podcasts are available, like iTunes or Stitcher and stuff like that. You can just search for Return Home. And you can also find us online at returnhomepodcast.com. And you know, we're on Facebook and, and Twitter as well. There's a Return Home, at Return Home Show, and then just Return Home on Facebook. But we're all over the place. Hey, man, I want to thank you again for taking some time out of your day to tell us a little bit about the podcast. I'm looking forward to all Thanks. of the episodes, and I hope that our listeners like it. Uh, they can tweet at so you cute. and tell you if they were able to sleep or not after the first episode or two. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure yeah, you love that. getting that. I want that. to hear if you could sleep. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you very much. I will talk to you Thanks soon. Thanks for having me, buddy. All right, bye. So, uh... Zootopia, guys. Have you guys seen it yet? Yes, I have. No, I haven't. Javier! What is I, the matter with you? I have things to do. Like what? Like sleep? What? Sleep. Ah, uh, weenie. And, 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 and sleep. You got nothing. You got... You know, it, I'm disappointed in you because you're Why? actually the first one to watch the movies before we do. <laughs> I know, really. I know, but I get sleepy nowadays. <laughs> you know what happens when we're more awake and we're recording in the middle of the day, Javier? You I make more fun of you. Yeah, and you also have more coffee. <laughs> it's true. Woo! <laughs> I love it. 
Uh, yeah, man, I saw Zootopia this morning, actually, before we recorded it, and I absolutely loved it. And on the line with us today, we actually have our buddy Skyler. Skyler, are you there? What's going on, guys? What's up, hey. Skyler? How what long up, have Skyler? you been waiting? <laughs> it's like just, hours. Just right now. So, Sky, did you already watch Zootopia? I actually saw it on the Saturday after it came out. Very cool. Nice. So let's start off with you, since you're kind of our, our movie expert here. Yeah, you're the most passionate about the movies. Yeah, so what did you think about Zootopia? When Zootopia first came, like, you know, the first started to market it, the trailers didn't hit me. Like, they started marketing it maybe back in October, uh, you know, during the holiday season. Hey, right. there's a kid's movie coming out in March. Right. Um, and the trailers just did not look good. Like, that, there was this one trailer where you saw Judy Hopped and you saw Nick Wilde, and it didn't tell you anything about the story. It just told you a tiny bit about Zootopia, but you didn't know anything about it. Like, it was just maybe two lines from Jason Bateman, who plays the title character. And it just, it didn't look good. So when I went into this movie, I was just like, eh. Uh, I'll say this, the sloth trailer. Did you guys see the, the trailer with the sloth in it? I yes. did, yeah. That's the only that one had I have, saw. That had to have been the most hilarious trailer I have ever seen. Like, that really sums up the DMV. And right. what made Zootopia such a good movie going into it and shocking me was that it, it kind of made fun of the real world in which we live in. The right. jokes that were in this film were so adult-centric yet the movie was kid-friendly, and I think that's what Disney was going for. They're kind of going for that Pixar vibe, because if you, when you think of Disney animation, they started off with, like, in, you know, in the, uh, like, let's say the 3D realm with Pixar, they had Meet the Robinsons, which wasn't received well. You had Bolt, which not a lot of people loved. So Pixar was always the dominant animation team. Let's not forget Chicken Little. Oh, shit. <laughs> not, not a favorite. Not a favorite of uh, a lot of people. But, you know, the last, like, maybe four or five years, now you see Disney animation, they're stepping it up. They want to get on that level with Pixar. I mean, you had Big Hero 6, which came out last year, and that was received well. You had Tangled, which was received well, Frozen, Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, and then you have Moana later this year, which everyone's looking forward to. Um, but Zootopia, just to get back into Zootopia, it's just it's so well-rounded throughout the whole film. Um, it's a good story. You love all the characters. Um, that yak that's voiced by Tommy Chong is pretty hilarious. Yes, he is. Those naturalists, which, you know, kind of hints at the, you know, adult themes right there. But it's still for kids. You could take all your kids to it. And, you know, the jokes that are for the adults, they go right over the kids' heads. But... They keep it kid-friendly, and I think that's what's so cool about Zootopia is that it's a family film. I agree with that. Uh, there was, Like you said, there was a lot of adult jokes throughout the entire film, and it's a really subtle thing when you, when you see them. Not even the spoken ones, but some of the visual ones that you see as well. There, there's a lot of adult themes throughout the movie, and I want to talk a little bit about that because uh, you mentioned the whole Disney animation and Pixar thing. Uh, as many people know... Disney fully acquired Pixar some time ago, and John Lasseter was made the head of Disney Animation. And so they've kind of meshed together. You know, they work together on a lot of projects, and there's a lot of collaboration between everybody from essentially both groups. But do you think that even now there's still a little bit of competition between, oh, you guys are Pixar guys and you guys are Disney Animation guys, and we're going to help you just get better? Or do you think that... Lasseter has done a really good job of bringing everybody together and just stepping up Disney animation as a whole. Hey, Skyler, before you answer, can you tell Hazen has had coffee? Uh, yes, I can. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I had beer after. I leveled it out. <laughs> Come on, we like that. We like that, you know, equal mixture of both. Yeah, I tried yeah. to level it out with some beer before we started. So the question is, do you remember his question? I sure do. Right. Um, so you asked me what's better, coffee or beer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all know the answer to that. Water. 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 <laughs> um, so uh, actually, Zootopia is having so much success right now. It's you know the highest animated opening for any other animated films of all time. And I, you know what? I think Pixar is happy for that. You know that team is happy. Um, and whenever Pixar has success with any of their films, which is usually 99% of the time, Cars 2, eh, whenever their, you know, their films 
do well, everyone's happy for him. I mean, if you if you're on Twitter or social media, you'll you'll see let's say Rich Moore, who's more who's the uh, one of the co-directors on Zootopia, and he actually directed um, Big Hero, excuse me, Wreck-It Ralph. Whenever, let's say, uh, last year when um, when the Good Dinosaur failed, you can see that like Rich Moore, who's not a Pixar uh, animator, he's more of a Disney animator, directs that. He, you know, he felt bad for Pixar. He wanted that to do well. But when, let's say, vice versa, let's say Toy Story three does well, you always see the Disney animators saying, "Hey, check out this movie." Let, let's, you know, let's get the box office rolling. So they work together, and, you know, they, they're just piggybacking off success. There's no competition at all. Good, good. Uh, actually, you know what, Sky, it's funny that you kind of phrase it that way because this is the question that I kind of have for you. Um, I, I'm honestly the person that's going to have my reservations on these movies. No. Um, oh, surprisingly, oh, man. yes. <laughs> now, I'm not saying I didn't love the movie, okay? I, I did love the movie, but I do have things I'm going to break apart that it's just like, Okay, it could have done this versus this. So right. I remember you started this conversation saying that uh, you you didn't see much information as far as the teaser trailer was concerned, and I oh, actually exactly. and I actually just learned this recently about this time last year. The story for Zootopia completely changed. The story was supposed to originally revolve around Nick, and then halfway through this production, they realized you know what this just wasn't working. How do we make this work? So they made it revolve around Judy. So obviously there wasn't much information to show. If you remember some of the DMV teaser trailers, there are scenes there that weren't in this movie originally. Oh, of course, of course. Um, so um, just kind of like obviously that played a role in them not uh, producing many trailers to market this well. Um, I think one of the reasons this was such a box office smash in terms of like Pixar and Disney and stuff like that was because there aren't a lot of family films right now. Do you think that played a crucial role in the record-breaking stuff it did this week? You know, it 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 could. I mean, you have yet Kung Fu Panda that came out in January, but you know, after about four weeks, films start to you know leave the box office. Um, February, January is an awful month for movies. That's just how it usually is. January is where you dump your worst movies, and then February it's getting better. Uh, obviously, with Deadpool, that's out and that's had so much su- uh, success right now. Right. And you know those low-budget horror films like The Witch and stuff like that. Um, I think Zootopia's success is based off of that. There is no you know family films out, nothing to take their kids to um, just yet. And yes, that is true. But the uh, story mix-up, I guess the character uh, Judy Hopps, you know, it's it, it's a character that more they felt that more kids and adults would have a connection to over Nick Wilde. Right. Um, because you know that that Nick Wilde character is almost like your normal Jason Bateman character. He's like the the little arrogant, cocky character, and Judy Hopps is that one that you want to root for. Right. Um. So that that makes sense. Um. But and it's funny because like that's I, that's how the Good Dinosaur, you know, kind of. Which is sad to say, it's a, a Pixar had a flop, but that's why the Good Dinosaur flopped. Um. For the same reasons, uh, Zootopia, the Pixar didn't had a whole different story, a whole different cast. And then John Lasseter came in and just retooled everything. Right. And, you know, the trailers just didn't hit, the, you know, hit everyone the way Pixar usually does. What was cool about Zootopia is they still had enough time to, you know, fix it and just, you know, add a couple little characters. And um, those characters that they did add last minute, I want to say, besides Judy Hopps, I believe um, Tom Chung's character, the Yak, and, the, like, you said the sloth scenes. Mm-hmm. Some of those sloth characters came in last minute as well. So, I and you know I think that was the right move for Disney. So, once that happened, I think and plus that there's no other you know children family films out. I think that's why Zootopia just was a smash. But um, it should and you know it's going to stay number one this week uh, at the box office. Uh, it's for you know the second week in a row, um, and it you know it's going to stay in the top five for maybe another couple weeks and then. You know, you got more family films coming out pretty soon with, you know, Finding Dory, The Jungle Book, all sorts of stuff. So I kind of agree with you on the level that it is one of those movies that you can take the entire family to. But uh, it, it gets a lot deeper than that. And for the people that have seen Zootopia, they'll understand what I'm about to say. Uh, sure. For the people that haven't seen Zootopia, there may be a little bit of a spoiler aspect to some of the stuff that we're about to talk about. So it's up to you if you guys want to keep listening to this or if you want to hold off and listen to this until after you've seen the movie. The thing about Zootopia is that it has this really cool detective story as the heart of the entire movie. 
that's not reflected in the trailers at all. So that was probably the first surprise as far as me walking in to watch this movie. I was expecting uh, a totally different vibe from it. And the fact that it turns out to be this kind of detective story makes it so much more enjoyable to me. Uh, did you find that too when you were watching it? You know, I when I when I was sitting through it, the first fifteen minutes started off really slow to me. You know, it started to pick up when when a lot of those jokes for adults came in. You know, um, you know, I had that connection to Judy, but there's uh, without giving too much away, you have this Godfather esque character in the film, right. which was hilarious, and he had these two henchmen that were all, almost, you know. They were like a, a drug operation. Um, and if you're a huge fan of Breaking Bad, there, you know, there's a couple characters in there that you might find funny, and, uh, especially if you're anywhere between the ages of 16 and 35 that have seen Breaking Bad. But it, it's, uh, it's, it's got a, like you said, it's got a, you know, a little bit of a dark crime theme, uh, you know, story. But it's balanced out with all those cute, furry little animals. That's what, that's what makes it so cool. I think is makes it really relatable on such a wide scale is you know there's this huge undertone in the movie of prejudice and how we view uh, how we view the world how certain people view other people and i think it's that undertone of prejudice throughout the movie that makes everybody relate to these characters in a way where they might say wait i've been treated like that before or, hey i've seen friends or family treated like that what did you think of the entire message of the movie as a whole? Because I don't remember ever seeing a Disney or Pixar movie take this direction. It's an interesting one and one that I really personally like. I, I think it hits adults more than it would hit the kids. You know, we all go through this phase where we're like, do we, you know, do we belong in this certain, you know, situation or place that we're in in life? And, um, and we each have that, you know, that person that's right next to you that helps you along the way. And, I think it's funny because it, it kind of hit me more than it would hit like someone younger that are that's in the theater. I would think, but I but I think Disney did a good job of you know gearing that message towards kids and adults, which you know is awesome because Disney usually Disney animation doesn't do it. They usually give that message for kids. Um, you know the whole Wreck It Ralph thing, like everyone needs to be a better person. Everyone has good right. in them, and you know it's like kid messages, uh, and that's what different about Zootopia that they haven't done before is that they gave that they aimed this message not only towards kids but for adults as well and I think that no matter what walk of life you come from I think that's the beautiful thing about it and we were discussing kind of what we ranked this like out of 10 I ranked this 10 out of 10 because Disney is not like we just mentioned Disney's not the type of of storytellers that will tell this type of story necessarily but they balanced it out really well in a way that's not really offensive it it tells you more about hey be aware of what's going on and try to be different try to make a change try to make the world better is basically what it comes down to Mario ranked it 8 out of 10 Right. You know, why did you rank it 8 out of 10, Mario? Well, at this point, I, I think I'm just going to get kind of like on a bigger picture here. Again, we're not getting into spoilers, so I'm just going to break this down the way I I took this movie in. I'm huge on music. This is in no way just like taking a stab at, at the, the composer of this score. I still think it's mm -hmm. a very beautiful score, but I, I really don't feel it was that significant to the movie. You go and you look at something that was written for the composition for Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. That is a very memorable thing. And we're talking about a composer who did very significant stuff. He's done the scores for Star Trek. He's the reason that um, Space Mountain has its music. Right. You see what I'm saying? He's done stuff for, like, so many significant things. Uh, I, I just feel that there wasn't much detail into what this movie had musically. I, I remember we talked about like this this very like motivational song that's like in the movie, and that's not even his doing. It's performed by Shakira. Right. Oh, that's interesting. You know, it's funny because I'm with you on the whole score thing. Like movie scores are are at the top for me. Like if it's got a powerful score, at times the movie can just be garbage. But if the score makes you feel something, it totally makes it better. But in this case. I don't even think I felt that the score was, I don't want to say that it wasn't relevant, but 
I didn't miss it because the story was so well told. But that's the thing. There shouldn't be a situation where a movie should be missing a score. It's funny that uh, you say that because, you know, that's one thing that Disney does best is, you know, their scores. Their score wasn't memorable. And, and to be honest with you guys, I was not a fan of the Shakira song. I just thought it was a little out of place. It was kind of cute in the trailer, but um, I just, I don't, yeah. For some reason, that Shakira song didn't fit the movie. Even like you said, even when a Disney film is not the greatest, let's say um, I'm a fan of Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, but the third one was one of the weaker ones. Right. But that score is beautiful. Absolutely. Did an awesome, awesome job. And even Michael Giacchino, when he did the score for Inside Out, like that score is beautiful. Um, even Tomorrowland has some good score, even though the movie was just right in the middle the uh the best example i can give as far as the stuff that he's done he also did the score for um up yes Even, he also like, did inside out yeah and that's right and the but, incredible and the incredible I, I mean with me like up is probably one of the most memorable because that's such a powerful story and the thing is it's just the fact that that score is still there you just can't really tell i mean you know, well, he, you he know put, what's funny though is he rushed the the score for zootopia i mean i remember they were I want to say it was back in November. They were just barely finishing, um, you know, composing it. So maybe maybe rushing it was the problem. Absolutely. With the score, um, usually I, I'm I'm all about when you take the time with the score. Um, that'll help the movie. For instance, when Wally came out, Wally had no dialogue, but Wally probably had one of the most beautiful scores for any film I've ever I had ever seen in Absolutely. a long time. Absolutely. Absolutely, and uh, and funny enough, I, I'm glad that you actually brought up Shakira's role in this movie. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Shakira is actually uh, a pop star sensation in this movie named Gazelle. Mm. So, I, I, I'm a little kind is she of a gazelle? yeah. Is she we're a using gazelle. the term pop star sensation very loosely too. But <laughs> it, it, it just, the other thing that kind of <laughs> the other thing that bugs me about it, just like you said, it's not a very memorable song. And me and Hazen were just talking about this earlier. Yeah, we're gonna look back at the song and be like, okay, that's from Zootopia. It's not exactly something that we're gonna sing one day because it was a catchy pop song. Um, oh, exactly. And and the other thing that bugged me about like her character in general was just like I, I related to a Goofy movie and Powerline. Powerline at least had two songs, and the story kind of revolved around him, where Goofy right. and Max needed to go to the Powerline concert to make something happen for him to impress Roxanne. And Gazelle didn't play a very important character except for that one motivational song that plays again at the end, and I feel that's just kind of a waste of a character. Yeah, I uh, a long time ago, I would have considered myself a big Shakira fan. Something along the way disconnected me from Shakira. I don't know what it was. If I sit down and think about it, I could probably figure it out, but I don't need to figure it out. And when I heard this song as part of the original trailers and the original promo stuff, I thought, oh, that's just an odd choice. It doesn't seem to fit the movie. Is she really still in the limelight, though, at least in the United States? I don't know. I'm I'm thinking that's part of it, where it's not like you're seeing her all the time. Maybe, but I think once you watch the movie, and this is what I told Mario earlier, that even if I'm not a big fan of the movie, watching it, the context of the song makes sense. And like he said just a bit ago, even if you heard it on the radio, you're not going to be like, oh, that's a cool Shakira song. You're going to be like, oh, it's a song from Zootopia. For me, the reason why it didn't fit is, I won't say genre, but the musical style she went for just didn't fit Shakira. I, I think maybe another singer probably could have nailed it. I mean, who who that singer could have been? I guess it could have been any other singer. I don't think it could have been any singer because you're not going to put Michael Bublé in that and be like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so oh, right. I'll disagree with you there. Yeah. But I, I thought, you know, just change her out for, you know, Meatloaf or Kiss or something. <laughs> would have been a lot better. Mm, meatloaf. <laughs> Mm, kiss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I think we're in agreement that Zootopia was a really good movie. That it's oh, very, uh, I don't want to say that it's very adult-based, but that children and adults alike are going to really enjoy this movie for different reasons. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, Skylar, what would you rate Zootopia? You know, it's super hard when you come out of a movie. You really got to break it down in your head. At first, I was thinking, ah, it's a 7.5. And then I sat down and thought about it because I usually like when I when I review a movie or I score a movie, I like to sit down and just, you know, break it down by story, plot, music. When the, when music's the weakest point of a, uh, you know, of a two hour film, it, that's it's not a bad thing. But I gave it a nine personally. Very cool. Well, we can't get a score from Javier because he decided <laughs> to sleep. 
according to him. I know. So mm. we're going to have to wait, hopefully, until next week. And you, like I said, dude, I'm disappointed in you because I'm usually the one that waits until it's on Blu-ray. It's very true. Watch it. Yeah, but I, I also... <laughs> Never mind. So I'm, <laughs> I'm disappointed. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> hey, man, thank you very much for coming uh, on today and talking some Zootopia with us. We really enjoyed having you on. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much for having me. If you guys want to follow Skyler, he is on Instagram and on Twitter. He's at Disney Film Facts. If you want a little bit of information, some cool, fun facts about movies, he posts every day. I think you nailed it. Like, I, I think you need to just intro everything I do. <laughs> no, because then it'll go on for 15 minutes. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll talk soon. Thanks for coming on, man. Hi, right, thanks so much. See All ya. Right. Okay. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up, guys. I think this has been a full episode of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's been, been a lot. lot. It's been a lot. Very it's been, emotional. It's been a lot to digest. Lots to talk about, yeah. And I use the term loosely. <laughs> but goals, right? Hashtag goals. Sure. So... Anything else from you guys before we wrap up? Nah. Now I'm spent. All right. Well, this is normally the time where I would be like, guys, let's go get some tacos. (laughs) (laughs) You're on a new regimen? I don't know what I'm going to be on. So if anybody's got any recommendations, you know, shoot them over to us. You can send me a a message at hazenedpodcasters.com or send me a message on Instagram, uh, Facebook, whatever you guys want. So... All right, if there is nothing else, we're going to wrap this week. If you guys want to find us online, remember you can go to podcasters.com slash episode 91 to find more notes on what we talked about today. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Podcasters on both of those networks. You can find our videos on YouTube. We're at youtube.com slash Podcasters. And you can send us messages in general, comments at Podcasters.com. And that's it. Beautifully said. Well done. Wow. No wonder Sky wants you to introduce him all the time now. (laughs) (laughs) And that was less than 15 minutes this time. (laughs) All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up. So until next week, here is two beers, cheers, and Mickey ears. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Peace out. Take care. Mm, Kiss.